0: Welcome to the Cell Therapy Podcast, the podcast about cellular therapies in the Nordics sponsored by Kai Gillian. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how big drug and CRISPR screens can be used to interrogate how chimeric antigen receptor T cells kill cancer cells. Stay tuned. Today I have the great honor of having two guests from, from Finland joining me. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Satu Mutschoki. Uh, Dr. Muchuki is a doctor and professor of, of translational hematology at the University of Helsinki in Finland, where she leads a successful research group that researches both basic and clinical scientists in the fields of hematology and immunology. She received her medical degree in '97 and the PhD. Uh, also from the University of Helsinki, uh, after which she did her specialty degree in uh, clinical chemistry. Uh, Dr. Miszuki has published several similar papers in hematology, received multiple awards and honors, and and really helped lift the hematological community in the Nordics. Thank you so much for, for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much, Mike. Great to be here.
0: Also on is, is um, Satu's uh, PhD student, Dr. Ali Mufa. Um, Ali uh, finished his uh, MD in 2020 uh, while preparing his PhD at the same time, which is he's now uh, finishing. Um, and it's actually uh, Ali's first authored paper that we're going to be discussing today. So th- thank you so much for for joining in as well, Ali.
2: Uh, thanks, thanks, Mike. Happy to be here looking forward to the discussion
0: thank you so so before we start i i would hope to hear a bit about sort of that your careers and background and and what brought you into i guess this this field of hematology and and cellular therapies in the first place
1: okay if if i may start so um, actually i I was doing my phd in the group of antivari related to cancer biology and that was more like, like a cell invasion project that, that we were studying. But uh, that time I was also working with the leukemia cells and, and then we were trying to understand how uh, leukemia cells are like moving into the tissues. And that uh, brought or raised interest to the hematology. And uh, maybe originally after finishing my PhD, I was <clears throat> planning to, to come out uh, like an oncologist. But uh, some, somehow I, I think like the... How, how do you say, blood, blood is thicker than something I don't remember what, but <laughs> but what it, but it, it was su- such an interest. And uh, when specializing, I, I was working in hematology lab and, and there like uh, continued to uh, have an interest and focus in hematology. And, and since in 2008, uh, I, I set up the research group and, and then we have been mostly focusing on hematology.
0: And, and Oli, what made you decide to do a, a PhD and focus on, on chimeric antigen receptor T cells.
2: Yeah, I guess before starting, starting the PhD, I was already I was interested in cancer biology and, and immunology was something that I, I thought was, was really interesting at, at that time. The, uh, sort of cancer immunology revolution was just starting to happen with the checkpoint inhibitors and, and, and the cellular therapies. So, uh, and Sato had been working on that for already before that that time with uh, in in hematological malignancies. How how we actually ended up working with CAR T cells is, is that we had a collaboration going with the red Cross blood service that that were at that time starting to work on uh, on a preclinical project with CAR T cells and and um, at the same time we were thinking with Sato that. We have this personalized medicine drug screening system here in Helsinki that that is, well, where the concept is to do uh, molecular profiling and uh, the large large scale drug screen with hundreds of drugs for patients with acute leukemia, mostly AML, and uh, try to see which drugs would work in vitro, and then in some cases, if if there are no no. Uh, other treatment alternatives, then the patients can be treated with these uh, therapies that are found from the, the screen. So we were thinking how how we could combine that with uh, immunology and, and try to see that how do these drugs affect the anti-tumor immune response.
0: that, I'd like to sort of uh, switch gears and, and talk about this really, really interesting papers uh, that uh, uh, you published in, in 2020 uh, in blood called Integrated Drug Profiling and CRISPR Screening Identify Essential Pathways for CAR T-Cell Cytotoxicity. And of course, I'm very, very happy to have both the first and the last author uh, on today. Um, but I, this is a this is a, a paper that when I read it, uh, honestly, was uh, really impressed me, and uh, uh, because it opens up for um, ways to use, I guess, different drugs to sort of try and either stop or enhance how CAR T cells function. If you could sort of uh, share how you got this idea of using. Uh, sort of small molecule inhibitors, and in this big CRISPR screen that you use just to try and and engage how CAR T cells function. What, what sort of made you go in that direction and get that idea?
2: We were really thinking that how we could use this this drug screening system to to understand how different cancer drugs affect the function of T cells, and that would not not only be to find new combination candidates, that, drugs that would enhance the effect of uh, of T cells, such as CAR T cells, but also to to know that which drugs uh, are ha- would have an inhibitory function for T cells that that you would maybe want to avoid using such drugs in combination or at least at the same time as as those cell therapies. And we were exploring some different options. Some of those. Some ideas we had was to use reporter cell lines that, that uh, reporters for T-cell uh, receptor signaling activity and to look at how drugs affect that. We ended up uh, including some of those in the paper even, but then then we stumbled upon this, this CAR-T uh, collaboration and then started thinking that this would be a, a nice way to actually measure the, something that you could think that is the most important thing, whether the T cell actually kills the cancer cell. I mean,
0: so maybe we should start sort of at the beginning. You you utilize this this massive uh, drug screen. Can you can you tell me a bit about uh, what that is and 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 uh, what it is? Is it sort of all available drugs out there, or did you sort of pick some out?
1: I think the idea has been like to include uh, all, for example, all the FDA approved drugs there because it has been like oncology focused and, and then try to add the drugs which are the in, in the clinical trials. And and then that the drug library includes uh, not only like a one drug targeting certain pathway, but usually like a two, three, at least within the same category. So uh, for example, when we are discovered our like a best hit so it, it was very nice to see like that it, it didn't come only with one truck but but with multiple trucks so yeah. suggesting that its is the true hit and yeah. and similarly like as as we have used this in this uh purselas medicine uh project so of course it would be possible to have this kind of chemical screens with like a thousands of uh, different compounds or tens of thousands. But the idea uh, initially has also been that maybe we can find something, some like old drugs that can be repurposed for for new uh, things. And that has already been discovered uh, in in that when just like trying to target the leukemia cells. But I I think the similar approach is also here. So it would be very important to understand but the current drugs which are used in the patient treatment, they are actually doing both for the immune cells and, and then uh, in this kind of co-culture system. So are they uh, having some kind of effects on the cancer cells, which could actually then have them more susceptible for the immune treatment?
0: Yeah, so basically you set up sort of this co-culture system with, with CAR T cells on one side and then cancer cells on the on the other. And this is this is mainly B cell cancer cell lines, right? And... Um, and and some of your top sits were, were were so-called smack mimetics. Can you can you tell me a bit about what, what those are and, and what they do?
2: Yeah, so the smack mimetics, they were actually not not, or at least I wasn't very familiar with those before doing the screens, and then they, they popped up so clearly that, that was that was a very, very interesting signal. But they are <clears throat> Uh, these sort of apoptotic sensitizers, and uh, the other name is uh, IAP antagonists. So, so they inhibit uh, proteins called IAPs, which means inhibitor of apoptotic protein. So, they sort of inhibit this inhibitor and thereby they sensitize to the apoptosis, and that's they act at least at two stages one is uh the after the mitochondrial apoptosis at the sort of later stage of the apoptotic cascade and then another stage is, is at, that they the iap proteins also regulate uh, tumor necrosis factor tnf signaling and uh, and that's that's something that it turned out that that effect is is probably the more more relevant in this this setting with the CAR T cells.
0: And just to be clear, that's on the that's on the cancer cell side then.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's uh that's on the cancer cell side. I think there are some, some reports that the the IAP proteins are somehow also involved in T cell signaling. And uh I think some papers reporting that if you treat T-cells with these with magnetics, that could enhance their co-stimulation in certain settings. So uh, at the time that we got the, the hit, it wasn't still completely clear, is it on the cancer cell side or on the T-cell side? But then uh, with the follow-up experiments, I think we can quite safely say that this effect is, is mostly on the
0: yeah because it, you, you, you you guys really went to, to town so to speak <laughs> So one of the first things you did was to to look on the the, the t-cell side i guess with this um this uh t-cell cell line uh at t-cells that are genetically modified so, so you can really closely uh, sort of interrogate the downstream signaling from the tcr if i understand it correctly so you can sort of look at NFAT and NF kappa beta and AP one signaling in the T cell, uh, and you you basically uh, tested sort of how some of these drugs or the whole screen, sorry, uh, uh, affected the the, 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 the the TCR signaling. So so um, so how come you decided to to go this
1: route as well? So this was something actually that uh, Oli was actually planning first, so to look like uh, in this kind of like a more simple way to look what the effects. Would be on, the, on just the T cell receptor signaling. And, and, and then, as, as this CAR T cell model turned out to be possible, so uh, then that was used more like a an confirmatory analysis. But I, I think it was re- really interesting to see well, first of all, this SMAC mimetics didn't have any effect on the T cell receptor signaling. But then uh, when we discovered many of these drugs that were inhibiting the CAR T-cell site toxicity, so many of them were also like inhibiting T-cell uh, receptor signaling, and of course, they would then make uh, quite quite much of sense that, that they are inhibiting the, the CAR T-cell signaling as well. But then also that there were some, some drugs, for example, the JAK inhibitor, Roxolitinib, that were discovered to be like an inhibitory for CAR T-cell site toxicity, but not affecting the uh, TCR signaling, so we didn't went further to study that, and, and we at least I don't know all if you are already ha- what what is the mechanism for that. But uh, I, I think that there are very uh, intriguing, intriguing like possibilities how how these uh, uh, different drugs are actually affecting here in this model.
0: Yeah, and and. Um i guess that's hugely important right because if you were to use this sort of clinically to say um, uh, put a break on a patient that's received car t cells uh, but then have some side effects to it and you want to sort of slow it down a bit then you could potentially use some of these drugs to uh, to to stop them for a while and uh if you're if you're able to find a drug that only affects the cars but not the endogenous t-cells presumably that would that would be better for the patient because you wouldn't be putting a break on all the other t-cells that are uh, also doing a job of preventing infections and, and whatnot so i think that's that's really interesting and, and i guess in the paper you sort of you try and tease out what signaling comes from cd28 and and from the car itself yeah <clears throat> yeah we
2: did did, so basically what we did was to do those screens with the reporter cells both with the cd28 co-stimulation and without and uh, try to see if there are some drugs that that would only would work preferentially in some setting i think the the sort of big picture is that most drugs inhibited the signaling quite similarly there were maybe some that that had a bit stronger or, or seem to mainly uh, inhibit the co-stimulatory uh, function, but uh, but all these sort of main hits such as the uh, TKI, dasatinib, uh, it was pretty effective regardless of it is co-stimulation or, or without. We kind of thought that if if the effect comes both with the signal one and or with the both signal one and two, then you would think that probably doesn't also doesn't matter if the if the car construct it have has cd 28 or 41 bb or what sort of construct if it's such a general effect that then it will probably apply to, to most cars.
0: So you basically follow up these sort of initial screens and and, 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 and uh, do this uh, massive experiments with car T cells not only against one cell line but multiple different cell lines. Uh, and you titrate sort of your top hits. Uh, I think you find 31 uh, top hits, um, and sort of titrate them uh, in this uh, huge experiment. I can only really imagine how long that must have taken. <laughs> and then you assess how well they're able to kill.
2: Yeah, we could actually see that the, a lot of the inhibitory drugs, such as the SARC inhibitors, the satinib, uh other similar drugs, they they work pretty similarly across the cell lines so that kind of goes to, goes well together with that they work mostly inhibiting the car t-cells so it doesn't depend that much on, on what the cell line or the cancer cells look like whereas then the smack mimetics there was quite quite a lot of differences some were extremely sensitive and some didn't really care whether the drug was there or not So.
0: Yeah, so so you touched on an important point, which is smack mimetics, they worked in in some cancer cells, but not, um, not all of them, right? How did you guys sort of go on and, and and figure out what was going on there? I
1: think Well, uh, we were able to get also some of these uh, primary patient samples. So uh, in Finland, we have this uh, Finnish hematology registry and biobank, which is like a nationwide uh, biobank. And and they have been collecting for for years, uh, like also viable cells uh, from the leukemia patients. And we were able to utilize uh, this source there and to get the uh, primary ALL uh, samples and test them in, in this system. And there, then we also uh, discovered like that, uh, especially the Philadelphia positive uh, ALL samples, they were very sensitive in in most cases. There were also some variability between the individual patients. But then it was very interesting. uh, Then actually, when were was able to utilize also other large data sets, genomic data sets, and, and then, well, maybe it comes up to this CRISPR part, but then we were able to nail down so like the in, uh, important genes, uh, uh, and, and there came these death receptor genes. And then how those are also like differentially expressed in different uh, primary leukemia patients and, and also probably in this lymphomas. So at least that could be part of the reason why the responses are, are different there.
0: Throughout this this massive work, you find if you find you identify two receptors, um, trail receptor two, uh, a, a so-called death receptor, and a, and a TNF receptor, and uh, you very elegantly show that that one of them is affected by by the SMAC mimetics. And
2: that was was quite interesting. That yeah, without with just having the CAR T cells and the cancer cells, you yeah. have. Uh, TRAIL receptor 2, if you knock that out, they become resistant. Uh, but if if you have the smac uh then uh, a protein, a kinase called RIP-K1, uh, comes up very strongly, as well as the TNF receptors. And that sort of uh, tells that that if you knock out the TNF part, TNF signals to the RIP-K1 uh, kinase, if you take that out of the game, then there is no additional sensitization from the Smac magnetics. Uh, so it basically tells you that, that uh, at least in, in this cell line, NELM-6, that we did this, these studies is that they are, the, the car function is relying on the death receptors, such as TRAIL receptor 2, maybe some others, but anyways, things that signal through the FADD and caspase-8. Uh, whereas then, if if you add the Smac mimetic, then also that sensitizes the TNF that the CAR T cells are are presumably producing when they get activated. But if if the drug is not there, the cells are not sensitive to that. And uh, with the drug, you you get both of these apoptotic signals to to work in synergy.
0: So, do you think these receptors sort of play a role? in their interaction between endogenous T cells and and leukemia as well? Uh,
2: I guess I would say that it's quite likely that it's also functioning when when it's sort of regular T cells. Uh, I guess the the question is whether, how important this pathway is in vivo and uh, in, in patients, because this is something that you see in the experiments, is that the, this death receptor-mediated cytotoxicity it takes a while to happen, from like twelve hours to twenty-four hours and and longer. At such contact times with the T cells and, and target cells, you see you see that the the death receptor signaling is is very important. But then, even if we had cell lines where FADD the main mediator of this pathway is completely knocked out, they are still sensitive to CAR T cells, but it's just reduced sensitivity. So there are other pathways such as the maybe the grand sign perforin, that is the more classic. Uh, so I guess the relative contribution of that versus the death receptors and how that is important for the actual responses in patients, that's still, still an uh, open question.
0: So to round off the show, I'd like to ask three rapid-fire questions. And um, uh, are you ready? Yes. Yep. So, um, if you guys had unlimited funding, what would you? What's What's the most crazy thing you would you would research?
2: So <coughs> maybe you can go first. I need to think.
1: Oh. <laughs> so you, you, you have already had un, unlimited funding for your project. So <laughs> no, no, that was a joke. But. Uh, well, I, I think that we would be doing pretty or at, at least I would be interested in doing pretty similar kind of things, but uh, maybe uh, in, in like a l- larger amount of uh, patients and samples. And as uh, we are already now ab- approaching with this NK cell studies is try to understand also in the single cell level what, what happens here. And and then with all all kinds of novel techniques to to understand from the cancer cells the genomics the uh, transcriptomics and from the immune cells the same things combined with the T cell receptors and and all possible add-ons what what is possible to do.
2: I agree. I think that uh, if you have a lot of money, then I guess single cell sequencing is is what you should do these days because that. That requires a lot of money. And uh, I guess uh, it would be quite interesting to do even the similar kind of screen and, and use uh, a single cell profiles of the CAR T cells as, uh, as a readout to see how different drugs, how different treatments affect the profile of CAR T cells. Could you maybe try to promote some sort of uh, more uh, progenitor like or? or What's being reported to be beneficial for the card users.
0: Okay, well, well, so the second question is, if you could, I guess, I don't know if this counts for you, Ali, but if you could redo your PhD, <coughs> would you do the same thing? Or would you <laughs> would you do something completely different?
2: I think I would do the same thing, but just more boring and less work because I think at this stage, <laughs> if I had known how, how long all these projects takes, I wouldn't have maybe done them. So it's, I'm glad I don't have a chance to 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 redo that.
1: Yeah, I think my, myself. So I mean, it's it's already like 20 years ago when I finished my PhD. So I have been amazed with all these possibilities what there are at the moment maybe back again to the single cells so that that we can really study individual cells and even in the patient individual cells and understand what is happening. So I I found that extremely interesting. And and also I didn't do any any bioinformatics when I was studying. It wasn't needed that time, or at least I thought it's not needed, but definitely I would like to study that and understand and and to do really some analysis myself. So I, I think that would be fun.
0: At least I think so. Thanks. Um, so so the last question is, uh, what's the best scientific mistake that you ever made?
2: I don't know if it's a good idea for me to disclose these mistakes. <laughs> I've been trying to hide them from Satu. Uh, but, uh, I guess one uh, one that actually uh, brings back memories from, from this paper I remember was on the same day, day that uh, we got the acceptance letter from Blood for this paper, and then maybe a few hours after that acceptance letter, I got an email that, uh, "Hey, you submitted four samples for single-cell sequencing yesterday, and and now we found found out after they had been started to uh, sequence them that all those cell lines had uh, been mycoplasma contaminated." So I I uh, kind of brought me back to the uh, ground level after after <laughs> having a few hours of happiness from the paper accept- acceptance. So I don't know if it's the best mistake, but at least uh, one of the most costly mistakes.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for uh, uh, those uh, stories. And um, uh, thank you both for participating in uh, the podcast today. Uh, to all our listeners, um, the paper we discussed will be linked in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cell Therapy Podcast and uh, tell your friends about it. Till next time. Bye.